WRGN Rewind. Say hey, it's a good day. We're back here on Wake Up Right, and we have a very special guest with us this morning. You may have heard him on Janet Parshall here on WRGN. I want to welcome Dr. Christopher Yuan. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Tim. It is very good to have you with us this morning on Wake Up Right. There's an event coming up on Sunday, March 19th, and you will be the speaker. It's on biblical sexuality, embracing Christ over culture. You have an interesting background and a reason that this subject means something to you. What is that background? Who is Christopher Yuan? For one, probably one of the most relevant, controversial, and important topics. Um, and so I, I speak from it, not from a just a, a kind of theoretical, but it's something that's very real, personal for me. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I wrestled with my sexuality from a pretty young age. And when I came out, uh, when I identified as a gay man in my early 20s, this is back in 1990s, early 90s, um, I broke the news to my parents. Through that crisis, my mother just miraculously came to faith, and then my father did as well. I went the total opposite direction. I'm originally from Chicago. I was living in Louisville, going to dental school. I was doing what all my friends were doing, which was have fun, party, go out. And I spent a lot of time in the gay clubs. I began experimenting with drugs. Uh, not all gay men do drugs, but uh, that regrettably is part of my story. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I was actually expelled from dental school. Wow. I then moved to Atlanta, Georgia, kept doing what I knew how to do best, which is have fun. <laughs> I began not just selling drugs, but I was supplying drugs. And this whole time, my parents had no clue that I was doing drugs, but they knew that my biggest need was know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. They tried to reach out to me to love of Christ. Wanted nothing to do with it. They came to visit me one time. I kicked them out. Mm -hmm. My dad gave me a Bible, and I just threw in the trash can. I wanted nothing to do with Christianity. So my parents just prayed for a miracle. And my mother began fasting every Monday for seven years, once fasted 39 days on my behalf. Well, that miracle came with a bang on my door, opened up my door. On my doorstep were 12 federal drug enforcement agents, Atlanta police, and two big German shepherd dogs. Oh, my goodness. This so might seem like the end of the world here instead right. of the, the hope that you were looking for. And, and, and the interesting thing, Tim, was that my mother prayed that God would do whatever Ever it takes. takes. Mm. And it just shows really how desperate she was. She knew that it would just take a miracle. So I was arrested, found myself in jail. Um, I was walking around the cell block, um, passed by this garbage can, and I thought, that's my life. I was about to pass it by, but there was something on top of the trash. I picked it up. It was a Gideon's New Testament. Took it back to my cell, began reading it. And I wasn't thinking, this is the answer. I just thought, I've got tons of time on my hand. <laughs> okay. well, as we know, and as your listeners know, what we have in our hands the Bible is not just ink on paper. It's the very breath of mm, God. Mm. I began reading it, began convicting me, and began to show me that I'm a sinner. Well, mm. I thought things going to get worse. It did. I was called to the nurse's office, and I got the news that I was HIV positive. Mm. A few days after that, I was laying in my bed, looking up at the cold metal bunk above me, and someone had scribbled something. If you're bored, 
read Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh my. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, right. plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Well, it could have been any verse, but God used those very words written by a prophet to a rebellious nation, Judah, to tell me that if God could have a plan for Judah in exile, in rebellion, he could even still have a plan for me. Mm. I don't know where that plan was going to take me. God gave me enough faith and enough strength to get through that one day and the next and the next. How long did you so, spend in prison? Yeah, so I I ended up, so I was supposed to get 10 years to life, but I eventually just got, um, I was sentenced to six years. And it was during this time that God, I, it was just me and God's word. I began reading God's word and he was convicting me of my idols, obviously drugs. Within a few months, he delivered me from that. But I wanted to hold on to my sexuality. And as I was reading God's word, a chaplain even gave me a, a gay affirming book. I realized that my identity should not be in my sexuality. It needed to be in Jesus Christ alone. And I also realized that heterosexuality, it's the right direction. It's just not the right goal. Mm. God calls us all to holiness. Even if a man has opposite such attractions, he would still need to flee temptation and resist sin. So we all need to resist temptation. Actually, so the opposite of homosexuality is not heterosexuality, but the opposite of homosexuality is holiness. Mm. The, the goal for every human person is holiness. Resist sin, resist temptation, and focus upon holiness. And this is part of the struggle that the church is facing right now in relation yes. to this topic, isn't it? This right. challenge of how do we address in a biblical way something that we know needs to be dealt with, but everybody's afraid to touch at this point in our culture. And this seminar that's coming up, it's Biblical Sexuality, Embracing Christ Over Culture. That's coming up on Sunday, March the 19th. It's from 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. at Fellowship Church in Dallas. And I really encourage you, especially as you've heard Dr. Yuan's testimony here, that, that you come out to this conference and get a handle on how we as the church can lovingly and biblically address this topic of sexuality. I want to come back, Christopher, because I want to talk to you about the conference, what will happen at the conference, and how this might help people in their dealing with family members or friends that they know are in a lifestyle that they know is against what the Word of God says, but they don't know how to address it in a loving way. So we'll be back with Dr. Christopher Yuan. We're back here on Wake Up Right with the fascinating story of Dr. Christopher Yuan. He's graduated from the Moody Bible Institute. He also uh, talks a lot about holy sexuality in the gospel. In fact, there's a book that you've written by that title. As you talk about the difference, uh, as, as you've actually just told us just a minute ago, the difference between homosexuality is not the opposite of heterosexuality, but it is the opposite of holiness. How does, how does that work for us? Yeah, yes. I, and I think it, it helps us to have the correct framework. Mm -hmm. There's, um, I would say in the past, we, we tried to make heterosexuality the goal. And I want to be clear, yes, marriage between a man and a woman is the only context that God provides us, the beautiful context of marriage that sex occurs. 
a husband and wife in marriage, and that's a beautiful gift and a beautiful institution. It's the first institution that the Lord has created. Mm -hmm. My point is not that heterosexuality is fully wrong because marriage between a man and woman is one form of that. My point is that heterosexuality is not fully right. Okay. Not every form of heterosexuality is what God would bless. And Mm. you're like, well, but why does this matter? It matters because... I've heard many, many stories and real examples of pastors, church leaders, Christians, parents, who would celebrate heterosexual sin over against their gay child. Mm. Sin is sin. When we make the wrong thing the wrong goal, we're going to end up, we could end up promoting sin. Mm. So my point is, as Christians, we must be much more precise. Heterosexuality is not a word found in scripture Mm -hmm. anywhere. Mm -hmm. Is the concept. Well, yes. I mean, we have concept of heterosexual sin in in, in the Bible. We do have the concept of marriage. So we have both the broad understanding, a broad definition of heterosexuality includes both sinful behaviors and relationships, but also the blessed relationship of marriage. So why don't we just get rid of the sinful examples and just use a more biblical category? Mm-hmm. So... Then it gets to, is then marriage the goal of life? Is that the goal for every human being? Is that the only way to be full or complete? Or is every human being, should that be the goal? Well, let's first look at the example of Jesus. Right. (laughs) Jesus was not married. Mm -hmm. For us to say that singleness is bad, as I know some people think, Mm. then Jesus himself is bad. Mm. And Jesus is not. He right. is fully good. Right. So we we see that that we have to have the right context, the right framework to understand uh, better and fully mm-hmm. uh, the, the goal. And so the goal needs to be uh, holiness. That it's holy sexuality, not heterosexuality. Mm. And holy sexuality is reading through the full counsel of God. If you are single, you're going to be sexually abstinent. Right. And that's every human being. We start out single. So when we just say heterosexuality is a goal or that marriage is a goal, then how do p- kids live from birth to, let's say, 18, let's say they mar- married 18 or 20. So we're saying nothing about how they should live. Mm. And that's not right. And right. that is kind of can be what tied into sort of some of the other approaches in the past where it was like, well, just don't have sex because sex and marriage is amazing. It's mind-blowing. And it can be, right. and it's a gift, but that should not be the goal, the reason for why I'm not having sex now. Mm. It should be because of my commitment to the Lord Holiness. Jesus Christ. Mm. And he's calling me this. Yes. Mm. So, and also, actually, every one of us, we're going to end up single in eternity. Matthew chapter 22, there's no marriage in heaven. Right. And um, so, so if you're single, you're going to be sexually abstinent. If you're married, you're going to be faithful to your spouse or the opposite sex. So holy sexuality is chastity in singleness or faithfulness in marriage. And that is good news for 
all. Mm. And that is part of what you will be addressing as you talk about biblical sexuality, embracing Christ over culture. It's an event coming up at Fellowship Church on Sunday, March the 19th. I want to come back because I know that you actually do these sessions and have some breakout sessions with your parents. And so we'll talk about that in just a minute with Dr. Christopher Yuan. We're back with Dr. Christopher Yuan. We've been talking to Christopher about biblical sexuality, embracing Christ over culture. It's an event that's coming up at Fellowship Church on Sunday, March 19th from 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. And I wanted to talk, Dr. Yuan, about some of the specific things that you will be addressing as you and your parents join you in talking about this, you mentioned in our first segment about your mom and the amazing amount of prayer that she yes. poured into you, but it didn't start that way because she was not a believer when you first came out to her. In fact, she rejected you, didn't she? That's right. You know, we hear the narrative today that uh, Christian parents aren't able to love their gay children. They have to get rid of their Christianity or become a quote-unquote, so-called progressive Christian or throw the Bible away or just believe the Bible is just simply a good book to love their gay child. I had the exact opposite experience. Mm. My my mom and my dad, they were not Christian. They rejected me in essence, but it wasn't until they became followers of Christ, they knew they could do nothing other than to love me as God loved them while they were still powerless, while they were still sinners, while they were even enemies. And so that's just an incredible just transformation that it was just not just of me, but of our, of our whole family. Uh, my parents have been a big part of my ministry. And my father, actually, he's, he is with the Lord now. We do have some recordings of my dad. Nice. So, he will, so people will be able to hear from um, a father's perspective, a, a mother's perspective, and a prodigal's perspective. And I think that's the uniqueness of what God did with our family to be able to allow us the privilege of being able to minister together and to, to speak from all these different perspectives because it's, you know, it's something different hearing a mother from a mother. It is. So you've got the main conference. Then you'll have some breakout sessions. You'll do one. Your mom will do one. So if there's parents there, especially that are, are dealing with this, maybe with their own children, I'm sure they'll want to hear your mom, Angela, speak. And then you'll come back with the final session and a Q&A at the end. I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here and resource our listeners with something that is probably right up there as far as one of the number one issues that are challenging to believers today in how they should deal with this in a biblical fashion. That's right. We need better resources and um, very exciting, especially right now as we're about to launch maybe in a month or two, um, what we're calling the Holy Sexuality Project. It's a video series for parents and their teens. Mm. My book, Holy Sexuality and the Gospel, was for adults, and it's a book, kids. I wish they would read more, but mm. they're, what are they doing now, Tim? They're, right. they're, they're watching videos. Uh -huh. So actually, we're creating this video. It, it, we call it a curriculum, but we're taking the curriculum word out because I think that'll scare teens away. Yeah, I don't want to go back to school, right? Uh, right exactly, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, uh, when we started three, three years ago on this project, I, I was gearing this for Christian schools and youth groups, but I thought six months ago, I said, I'm not practicing what I'm preaching because I'm telling parents and churches that the main responsibility to disciple your kids on biblical sexuality belongs to parents. parents. 
it should be supplementally the church or the youth group. Mm. So we're encouraging churches, don't show this to your youth group, but get parents together to watch it together, get parents and, and, and a, maybe a pastor and a, and a church leader to help guide you through it. And then they feel confident in this, what they're watching and the questions being asked and the answers that they can go home and do the job that God has ordained them to do, putting them back in the driver's seat to equip and disciple their kids on biblical sexuality. So we hope this will be coming out in April. Mm. They can go to holysexuality.com and get it. But we're going to be talking about this as well at this conference uh, to really help parents. So this is, yes, parents, if you have a, a prodigal child, come. But this is also if you have a teen before kind of maybe things come up. This is a great time to do some uh, foundational work with mm. our kids. Mm. If you appreciate what you've heard from Christopher today, I encourage you come to the conference. Information is on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash WRGNFM. Also on our website, WRGN.com. It's Sunday, March 19th at Fellowship Church in Dallas. Thank you so much, Dr. Yuan. Thank you for having me on, Tim. God bless you. Wake Up Right, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on WRGN, your good news network. Say hey, it's a good day.